you, you hold that spider, you let it crawl around on you and you realize like, oh, it's not so bad. And, you know, it's not going to crawl into my brain and lay eggs. <laughs> what's going on guys welcome back to the podcast today i kind of wanted to talk about kind of irrational fears maybe childhood fears and maybe how we got through them so i wanted to ask you right away did you have Uh-oh. any um did you have any fears weird fears as a kid See, this is a loaded question because you know I did because we've talked about this before. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I'd say, you know, there, there are some of the common, more common fears that we have. Uh, heights. I, I don't think that one's fully gone away. Uh, I've just been able to address it better. You've talked about that before, right? Like you find this little coping mechanism so that it's not like paralyzing. But yeah, uh, I think heights, you know, we could go on a total tangent about this is a little bit more rational, but, you know, uh, violence uh perpetrated onto you yeah. you know when you're when you're growing up as a kid but uh one key thing i think was aliens and ufos <laughs> so i don't know if you want me to dive into that a little bit further i've got a specific instance <laughs> yeah well how did that come about okay so when i was god i don't even know i was in elementary school late elementary school but I had this really cool babysitter, right? And and he was dating this girl all the time. So we went to go pick her up and then uh, came back to one point and had driven out of this complex. We stopped at the light. And in in the sky, we just saw this weird shining thing. And the, the craziest part of it wasn't the thing itself. It was how we all reacted. All three of us are sitting in this car and none of us are speaking to each other. Mouths like a gate wide open. Off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was I think it was like primal fear. I mean, we were scared shitless. We were just sitting there. Nobody was talking. I feel like we weren't breathing. It felt like forever. So the thing starts moving back and forth and shaking. And then all of a sudden it just goes like into this weird hyper speedy uh, pattern of just going you know, right to left. And then boom, I don't know where it's gone. Really? Yeah. So then again, that was weird enough, but the even stranger part that scared the crap out of me was that none of us talked about it. Uh, we could—it's like we couldn't bring ourselves. It was like stuck in our gut, <laughs> and, and we couldn't vomit it up. Uh, so yeah, um, after that, a lot of not sleeping by windows and having nightmares. Um, so there's my crazy childhood irrational fear. What, what's uh, one for you? <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I feel like. I feel like that's pretty intense because it was brought on by a certain event, you know? Right. I think a lot of... Trauma. Yeah, I think a lot of our fears as a kid are brought up by a certain event. Um, Or something something strange that happened and makes us think a certain way. For me, my biggest childhood fears were dolls. And, like, like antique creepy dolls. Which both our moms had. Okay, so... Talking about your mom. Your mom had given... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to get into your mama jokes now? Cool, cool. So back in the day, back when I was like a little kid, uh, JJ's mom had given my sister a a couple little antique dolls. They're like porcelain or something, right? Yeah. Like old porcelain. school creepy. Creepy. And they're, they're the ones like if you lay them down, they're like eyes closed. So their eyes are constantly <laughs> kind of like fluttering. Uh, nope. And my sister loved them. You know what I mean? Um, this was back when my sister and I shared a room, so we had bunk beds, and 
sister was on the bottom she was the older sibling and i was on the top and she had these dolls on top of like it was like kind of like a bookshelf mm-hmm. eye level to where i slept <laughs> and so these dolls like they were staring at me like all night and i think like had previously like i had seen a, like a clip of chucky or something like that where a doll was alive something like of course pop culture always plays into it yeah but you know at this point like i was really young i think maybe this started around like six or seven and so i remember like the only nightmares that i can vividly remember were dolls and it's funny because it plays into um it plays into like some issues that i had back then some deep emotional issues actually Mm. because in my dreams you know it would be always something where like people turn away and these dolls would move and it'd be like really scary but what i remember and what i realized about these dreams is the things that affected me were not necessarily seeing these dolls move but that nobody would listen to me and believe me right that these were happening and so it was this weird it was this weird irrational fear attached to a feeling of not being heard yeah that lack of validation from adults yeah so on that level too i think it's interesting to kind of think about how we got through um these fears these rational fears and for me right. <laughs> for me it was like it was like starting to think logical and i mean this took me a long time like probably into like my early teens still just feeling like weird on dolls and so my way of thinking of it was kind of funny but uh logical mind here i was like what the hell is a dog gonna do to me <laughs> like I, I think i could take on a doll you know what i mean and then my fears... and then you saw chucky and that all went away <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, yeah just interesting so i was wondering um with your like ufo experience and the aliens and stuff like i I don't know i don't know if any of us ever like fully get over those things but yeah what made you kind of get through that time that fear that's a really good question i don't know that i've ever fully thought about it um for a long time it was just coping in a ridiculous way so like, like i said you know i wouldn't put the head of my bed near a window um, because I always felt like, you know, if there was that light that shone through and you're going to get abducted and all that stuff. If they, if they couldn't see you, maybe there was a little bit of protection there, um, again, irrationally. But, yeah, I, I guess the way that I dealt with it was just continuing to think about it and process and figure out kind of where my head was at. And as I got older, you know, more so just being, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be somebody who has to deal with that stuff because you know maybe somebody slightly more interesting would have to deal with it or um i don't know eventually you get to the point where you're like well it hasn't happened yet so maybe it won't <laughs> happen um yeah i don't know that i've ever fully dealt with it i think it's just more of one of those things that i've been able to kind of push off aspects of it to the side but um now when i think about you know this nerdy deep-rooted interest in science and uh you know cosmology and and um astronomy and things like that it it starts to make me think about how small we are uh not not to get all deep on it but it's kind of cool to think about the fact that you know there's one of two options either we will at some point interact with aliens and then at that point like it's going to be something that we all have to deal with as a species or it's never going to happen because there's nothing out there and yeah i mean it's just you start to think about it differently when you grow up um and i think especially if you start to dive into these things with sort of almost like an intellectual approach Mm -hmm. yeah well that's super interesting that kind of brings up like 
something I've thought about, but I feel like fear is like one of those emotions that impacts us a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of an off topic, same topic, off topic thing. But <laughs> uh, earlier we we're talking about like, you know, more rational fears as a kid. Right. And so, you know, we have heights, we have um, animals that like could sting or bite and stuff like that. Right. Do you have any of those fears that have turned into like a thrill? Uh, for example, Ooh. for me, um, multiple things. So heights, I think as a kid, I was height averse. Um, I was never like necessarily afraid, but now it's like one of those thrills. You know, throughout my life, I've been fortunate to go cliff jumping. I've been uh, skydiving. And now like heights, like they get me excited. They get my adrenaline going. But I think that adrenaline stems from fear. Yeah. Um, also, when I was a kid, like growing up until my teens like i could not watch scary movies i hated halloween like i was like <laughs> scared of um ghouls and ghosts and all this stuff mm-hmm. um and now you know i don't necessarily believe in ghosts or monsters or anything now but going to haunted houses is one of those things i love like that that jump that excitement that adrenaline but also maybe it's because i know i'm I know I'm safe. Well, it becomes a little addicting. It's funny because you get these people that have all the resources in the world and then they start to do crazy stuff. So you think like Richard Branson is, you know, whatever, parasailing or jumping out of a plane or something or going up into space. It's because you start to get addicted to that feeling. So um, I skydiving, you brought that up earlier. That absolutely helped because I literally yelled at the top of my lungs as we were jumping out of the plane, you know, F you. <laughs> uh, so, and it, which the guy strapped to me probably thought that I was crazy. And he was like, oh, that's a little aggressive. But it was one of those things where I got to stare down something that, you know, makes me uneasy down to my core. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm either going to survive. Again, two two options. I'm either going to survive or I'm going to die. Like, this is not a situation where you're going to be paralyzed for life when you're falling from, what, 12,000 feet or whatever. But Yeah. I think that there's a lot of those things that can lead into if you lean into your fear, it leads to like, you know, a thrill and addiction. It it associates these other things. And maybe that's a way to combat it. Right. Is that Mm. immersion? Um, I mean, you get people with PTSD. This is kind of adjacent, but not the same thing. And a lot of times the therapy that they'll get is immersion. Right. They'll do a, a VR experience where they're actually out in Kandahar again and they're looking at a car that's about to be blown up and and then that's you know part of how they're addressing the issue that they're having with their ptsd so i think it could be the same with fear right you know yeah when we were kids we were told to hold rosie the tarantula at the butterfly pavilion um (laughs) and that thing scared the crap out of everybody except for the you know the one-off weird kid who wanted to be an entomologist so uh, no no harm no foul to the (laughs) entomologists out there if we're gonna lose that part of our audience but um, you, you hold that spider, you let it crawl around on you, and you realize, like, oh, it's not so bad, and it's not going to crawl into my brain and lay eggs. <laughs> yeah, no, Rosie was definitely one of those things for me that was, like, a big deal to get over my fear of spiders, definitely. But I think a lot of these fears are taught by um, the people around us, because what yeah. I realized is my mom was terrified, is terrified of spiders, can't even say the word spider because she's so terrified of it. Yeah, you get that visual. Yeah, and so I think, you know, maybe because I was taught that way to be afraid, then I was afraid, and then I had to learn to not be afraid. And I think I think we do this in a lot of different things in our lives. Like, even, for example, like skiing. The first time I went skiing, I'm looking down at this slope. It's like a green slope, nothing crazy, but I don't know how to control these skis. Mm-hmm. I'm looking and it feels so steep, and I'm 
there's that fear that comes up. What if I run into a tree? What if I don't know how to stop? What, like, you know, what if, what if? Yeah. And, um, and then you go for it and then eventually you're like, you get the thrill and then you're like, I'm not afraid of this. You know, it's, it's always pushing yourself to do something and it's, I don't know. It's really interesting. There really is a fine line between, to your point, right? Uh, between fear and exhilaration or excitement or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which I think that's also partly why some people, you know, not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but some people get sexually excited by that stuff, right? Like they, they get turned on by, uh, you know, being scared. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. It's kind of like, you know, people say in a half-joking sense that it, there's a fine line between love and hate. I strongly believe that, you know. Mm. <laughs> it, it, you can't hate some somebody or something without having some kind of an attachment because the opposite of hate is not love. It's, uh, what is it, you know, like apathy. So right. I'm curious, you know, what what is the opposite of fear for us and where does that evolve when we become adults and we're supposed to be rational? So something for everybody to think about out there. Send us your thoughts, comments. <laughs> we want to we want to hear from you. But uh, all right, so time for a question specifically for you, Malik. Yeah. Um. So what is something? Let's get real and authentic. <laughs> what is something that you are afraid of now? And then that can be in any varying degree, with any caveat, whatever. But tell me something that you were afraid of in your adulthood. So that's an interesting one. Um, so I, like I said, I'm very logical. So I think, I think a lot of irrational fears have like gone away. I'm not necessarily afraid of anything specific. I'm not like afraid of like people. I'm not afraid of like animals, stuff like that. I think I'm more afraid of myself. And I, Ooh. <laughs> and so I think one of my biggest fears is, and this one's kind of like a weird one. Cause obviously like I'd have to do something to, make this happen but right one of my fears is like deeply like hurting somebody like on some deep level that like messes them up um and maybe i've been hurt before um but i have this fear that like maybe i'll say something or do something that really like crushes somebody on the inside and um you know i, I would consider myself an empath or very empathetic and so I always put myself in other people's shoes and I just like the idea of like hurting somebody to their core. I don't know. It, it's, it's like a fear of mine. And so I think a lot of the times that affects me in my now, my day to day, because sometimes I don't say something I, I want to say, because I'm like, if somebody takes this wrong, it just goes downhill or, you know, I'm very aware of my actions towards people and stuff like that, because it is it's I don't know what it is, but it's like this deep rooted fear. I think that's real. And I think that uh, I'd be willing to bet to say that there's a lot of people out there who feel a similar way to some extent, right? Anybody who has any kind of emotional intelligence cares about how other people are affected by them. And I, I appreciate you saying that because that's that's a very real, um, very prescient fear. So the, I'd say, you know, on my end, I'd absolutely agree with you. I think that that's, that's a huge one. Um, another thing that kind of is foundational for me, and this is tough to say and put it out there for everybody because only a couple people know, but like, honestly, just being alone to the extent of just, you know, whether I pushed everybody away from me, uh, whether I was just constantly angry or, you know, wouldn't allow people in whatever that looks like, but just like ending up completely and utterly alone. So part of that for me is 
I don't want kids. And I think a lot of times an easy thing for people who are parents uh, to kind of lean into is, oh, th this is a human life that's attached to me for the rest of my life. Ideally, right? You know, that's yeah. not always the case, but this is a benefit of having a child is, oh, cool. I, I have somebody who's going to look after me or talk to me or, you know, whatever is going to love me forever um, until I go. And that's kind of like something that can ease their mind. I don't want children and you know Rachel and I have talked about that and we've you know come to an agreement with where we stand and but that's something that selfishly could you know make me want to say like oh there's a benefit right you get this living being that's attached to you that will make sure that you're not alone someday but I don't think that that's enough for me to want children um I think you know pushing people away hurting people whatever the case is it that you could find yourself alone without attachment, without relationships, without connection, without communication. These things that we thrive on as human beings scares the crap out of me. But the funny thing about it is that I'm an introverted extrovert and I need my time alone. I uh, can count my close friends on, you know, less than one hand, right? So I think it comes from re very real pieces of me that will always hold a certain degree of human connection at arm's length, um, whether it's my anxiety or my, my relationships or whatever. No, I mean, that's super deep and I appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's it's very relatable. And it's, it's a really interesting thing because, you know, we're talking about our fears as adults now, and they go from these, these kind of irrational fears of something specific, like something tangible, to these fears that come from it's like a reflection on ourselves maybe we're afraid of what we are capable of maybe we're afraid of you know sometimes i've le i've leaned into you know pushing people out and then i feel so yeah. alone but i'm the one doing it you know it's it is this really interesting thing where we become afraid of what we can't do to ourselves almost yeah that's it's crazy that you kind of conceptualize it like that but you're totally right i feel like it all these fears um, outside of us evolve eventually for, for many of us into a fear of self. What we can do, what we can't do, what might happen to us, what we might do to other. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's really interesting to think about that. But yeah, I mean, it all kind of steer. Uh, <clears throat> it all kind of stems to the fear of self. Yeah, 100 percent. And. I know those are the ones that are hard to get through too because we can't just be like oh that's not real like ghosts aren't real okay you can't okay. rationalize that stuff you have to go <laughs> through therapy you yeah. have to have healthy relationships uh you have to address it in a way that is more foundational and conceptual um you can't hold a spider for that one yeah <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah so i mean any listeners out there feel free to like let us know do you have any irrational fears did you have any crazy irrational fears as a kid and you know, maybe what are your kind of deeper rooted fears today as an adult? It'd be really interesting. And uh, maybe we could share some of those on the podcast next time. Absolutely. And thanks for listening in and letting us kind of be vulnerable in this aspect. Uh, happy to hear if it's connected with anybody out there and hope you're all doing well, healthy, happy, and hopefully not too fearful. <laughs> Thanks again to all of you for listening to the podcast this week. We've really been enjoying reading all the comments and stories that you guys have shared. So please keep throwing them our way. 
As always, you can reach out to us on our Instagram, on JJ's blog website, thatblogaboutstuff.com, or even send us a voice message through Spotify. We hope you stay tuned, and we'll see you next time.